it could be worse. <laughs> Say it again for them in the back so they know for sure it could be worse. And life is hard, I thank God, it could be worse. Life is hard, I thank God, it could be worse. Way, 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 worse. Look, it could be worse. Used to be scared of the first. I used to pack at the merch, go to the show, had to prescribe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the House of Refuge. I am so excited about this word today that you guys are going to receive. It is from God. It's just for you. So let's just go right ahead, right ahead and get right into the word um, and prayer. So, oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord God. We ask you, Father God, to just come in and send your word with power. We need you right now, God. We ask you to open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Father God, give us understanding and give us clarity, Father God. And Father God, and push out everything, God, that displeases you so we may receive your word. We ask you these things and we thank you, God, and welcome you now in Jesus Christ's name. Welcome, guys. This is the House of Refuge. The House of Refuge is a place for you to come to be rescued. I don't care what your situation, I don't know what you're dealing with right now today, but God has a word for you of healing. He has a word for you of restoration. He has a, a, a word for you to get deliverance. And so sometimes we um, we try to do things our way. We try to understand things based on our perspective, but we have to submit ourselves to God so he can do a great work within us. So the House of Refuge is a place for where we tell you the truth. We're not going to lie to you. We don't want we don't want to uh, water down God's word, but we want to bring the word as God has given it to us to so that you may receive it. So get your hearts and uh, Bibles ready today. Um, we read from the Christian Standard Bible, and we're going to also be using the New King James Version Bible today for you guys. Um, so let's get right into it. Last time we was together, we we talked about. Having trials, how trials, though we have those trials, God is with us. And sometimes we don't want to go through trials. Um, but the Bible tells us that in, in James 1, that the working of our faith produces, it produces endurance. And so that's what God is trying to produce in us. He's trying to create in us. He's trying to make us creatures like him. He has created something uh, in us, but he's trying to birth it out of us. So we go through these trials and though these trials may not look right, it is it's God's plan. It gives God an opportunity to show up in our life and show that he is God. He is our father and our provider. And it makes us as children. So if he's our father, we are his children. And guess what? We are the sheep of his pasture. So this message today is uh, we're going to go into um, um, the way to, of the crown, part two. Get your uh, Bibles ready. We're going to get right into the word, the way to the crown. So in today's society, people and culture, we're taught to value oneself, to value who we are and who are we, we becoming and what we have. But unfortunately, today's society does not teach us God's way. It does not teach us truth according to what God honors and values and respect. But if it were, were if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would say that the world and society is against the things of God. And the world and society 
or can be anti-God or anti, uh, 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 anti-God society against who? The Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. And what is so foolish is that society, even believers, you guys, even believers who are followers of Christ, live their lives in a double standard. Meaning at times we are for God and at other times we are not. We are for God when it's good for us. We actually hate God when it's not. Right? Think about that for a minute. Think about that. We are happy when it's for us. Right? But then we don't want nothing to do with God. Now, is that a double standard? Right? But living our lives under our own control and under the influence of society is not of God. As hard and disapproving as this may sound, we live our lives in a lie, in confusion, and does not please God. Although we say we are believers and are followers of Christ, Christians, this is confusion. This confusion, guys, did not come from God. People of God, Zion, I'm speaking to you. This confusion came from the devil who was contrary and is, and is in opposition towards the ways of God. So then we have to ask ourselves, do we value the things of God or do we value our own selves over God? Think about that. And are we adversaries of God? Do we live a life that's double standard? Do we say we believe like we say we believe? Can somebody actually prove or can your life prove that you believe in God? Since based on what we do, right? It's about how we live our lives that actually prove that we are believers and followers of Christ. And that we that our lives are not contrary to the things of God. Now, that is hard to swallow as believers, because guess what? Even myself struggle with keeping myself in alignment with the things of God. And as believers, you cannot tell me you're not struggling, too. But that is the kind of struggle that God is looking for. He wants you to wrestle within yourself to become sons and daughters of the king, of the most high. And that's the way to the, of the crown. He's working in us something better. It may not look like that, but something, a life, something of light is going to be birthed out of you because of the struggle, because of the trial, because you believe, because of your faith. This is what God is looking for. Now, this is maybe enlightening because, you know, a lot of believers don't want to go through anything. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to go through trials. That cannot be of God. This happening and that happening. No, does it, that cannot be of God. Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God uh, subject me to this type of treatment? Why, why is this happening? And we become mad at God. We become upset with God's people. And we attack those who are actually walking in truth. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we have to look at ourselves, not each other. How dare I look at the little, you know, sty in your eye and I got a beam in mine. We have to be honest with ourselves. 
This is what God is wanting to, wanting to create in you. He's trying to create truth in you, not a double standard, not waywardness, not the way of this world. Let's get be, be specific, not unforgiveness, not lies, right? Not deception. Is that of God? See, this is what we have to look at. So what I want you to do is turn to your Bibles in the book of Romans, the book of Romans. We're going to read from the New King James Version from this passage because I think it, it, it has so much depth to what God was trying to say. And when we look at the way to the crown, we're going to look at the way of the crown. I want you to put a subtitle to the way of the crown, body and mind, body and mind. The way of the crown with my body and my mind. So it says Romans 12, reading at verse one, Romans 12, reading at verse one, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sister, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're going to stop right there. Well, I want you to pay attention to the word body. Body. I beseech you by the mercies of God. He's compelling us to present our bodies. So that is an action. You see, it's, see we're thinking as believers, when, when we read this passage, God is referring to spirit. Oh, our, our spirit, that, we, that we're living certain ways. No, no, no. God says your body. Even our body has to be aligned to the things of God. So what we do with our body has to be in alignment, in agreement with the things of God. And we have to look within ourselves and say, hey, the way I'm dressing, is that of God? What I do with my body when no one's looking, is that of God? Do I, do I present my body as holy and acceptable unto God? Which is, guess what? Your reasonable service as believers, according to the scriptures. I didn't put this in the Bible. It's already here. It's in here, Romans 12, according to Paul, our Apostle Paul. Let's keep on reading. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world. See, a lot of times we are conformed to what the world says looks good, what looks right. And we present ourselves according to the world standard and not God's standard. So that sometimes could be a lie or it could be interpreted as hypocritical or guess what? A double standard. We have to look our, at ourselves within ourselves. Am I aligned with God when I use my body? When my body's being used, am I being used by God? Or am I being used by the things of this world or of the devil? Whose pleasure is it going to? Is it going to God's good pleasure or to your own? Right? So we have to submit ourselves in the things of God. Let's go. Let's keep on reading. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Look, look, your mind is changed. It is being transformed. It is becoming new. 
Because if you was to follow the world's way or the devil's plan for your life, then you will be in contrariness. You will be an adversary to the things of God. So you have to change the way you think and the way you do things so that you can be pleasing and acceptable. And guess what? Then the Bible tells me you are in the will of God. So if we are trying to please the world, we're not in God's will. If we're trying to please ourselves, we are not in God's will. If we're trying to please the enemy, then we're definitely not in God's will. So it is something of sacrifice, sacrifice or sacrificial offering that you are presenting when you present your body. It is literally what Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross and hung himself for us. He sacrificed himself because of something better. He sacrificed himself because he knew what what greatness and what goodness was going to come out of it. So God has given us the same example and that we present ourselves so that we may be the example of who he is and what he stands for, not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice, man of God, as a living sacrifice, woman of God. This is what it's all about. He wants people to see God is alive in you. He wants people to know that you are walking with God and that you, he's a present and he's alive in you. But we cannot do that submitting ourselves to the things of this world. We cannot do that submitting ourselves to ourselves, to our flesh, to our desires, to things that, Father, that, 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 that takes us away from the things of God. This is what he's talking about. It's body and mind. It's body and mind. And when your body and mind is together, guess what? Your spirit is together. You don't have to worry about, if, am I going to make it? Will I enter in? If God parts the clouds, will I be acceptable? Will I be in his will? God is saying that you are in his will when your body and your mind is connected and are in agreement with him. That's the way of the crown, people of God. That's the way of the crown, man of God. That's the way of the crown, woman of God. You can do this. Like Nike said, you can do it. You can do this. This is not something hard. If you say you love God, if you say you believe in God, this is easy. This is easy. Why? Because the sacrifice of what he did for you makes it easy. Because he saved you from a, a lost life. He saved you from your sins. He, he delivered you when you knew you could have died in your sins. But he saved you and rescued you from a wayward life, a compromising life. And you have a new life in him. That's what this is all about. Let's keep on reading the way of the crown. And the next passage in, sub in subtitle, I want, to, I want you to put through faith. The way of the crown, subtitle, through faith. The way of the crown through faith. Let's read Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 23. Psalms 23, reading from the New King James Version. Verse 1. Verse 1. 23 and 1. And it says... You guys, a lot of you guys know this, but we're going to read this just a little bit differently today. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What is he saying there? I have what I need. 
He's saying right here, the Lord is my shepherd because he because he is my shepherd. I have faith. I have faith in everything he he's going to give me. Everything that I have, I have faith that God has given that to me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, yes, that is faith, people of God. In faith, I lay down in green pastures because I know what God did for me. Some of, some of us, we can't see it because we're too busy looking at the problem, looking at the circumstance. But it's faith that moves God. You want to see God show up, have some faith. And he's teaching us this in Psalms 23. He says, he leads me besides the still waters. Guess what? Everything I need is there's peace. In God, there is peace. You won't have to proclaim that. I have faith. I have peace. That's what it's all about. He restores my soul. He's saying that he renews me. In faith, I am renewed. I am renewed by God because he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. He's saying I have guidance. I have guidance. I am led. I'm not led astray, but I'm led to perfection. I'm led in the ways of God. Because that's why he's my shepherd. I can submit myself to him. Keep on reading. For his name's sake, right? He says, yea, do I walk through the valley and shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Guess what? There's no fear in God. So I shall not fear. So as you pray and as you stand up as a man of God, I put away fear because God is with me. This is all faith. This is based on faith. The King David is ministering in. He says, I fear no evil for you are with me. You are with me. And he says, your rod and your staff, they come for me. And what he's saying, I have guidance through faith. I may not understand the ways of the world. I may not understand how the world do, but according to God, who's leading me, I have guidance. This is the right way. And keep on reading. He says, he says, uh, he pre you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? You prepare a table before me. And he's been, I have all what I need. Even my enemies is going to bless me. I am, I'm, I'm victorious even in front of my enemies. So it may look like your enemies is coming against you. But the Bible said he made you the head and not the tail. And that, guess what? Your enemies will be your footstool. They're going to be the one lifting you up. You can't see that, but you got to have faith. This is all about faith. Moving on, it says, you anoint my head with oil. Guess what? I am the anointed. I am the anointed. Guess what? I may not look like I'm the anointed. I not, may not look like I'm the called, but I am the called. I am the anointed of God. That's what he's saying. He says, my cup runneth over, meaning I'm full of God's blessings. I'm full of God's spirit. This is what he's talking about. And he says, uh, surely goodness and mercy. Come on, come on, faith. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you can't do that doing the, the world's way. 
You can't do that doing it your own way. You're going to have to do that doing this God's way. You're going to have to submit yourself and say, God is my shepherd. And this is what I believe. This is the way of the crown, man of God. This is the way to the crown, woman of God. It's through faith. All right, we're moving on. We're not going to be before you long. But I'm hoping you're getting something. If you're getting something, you raise your hands and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give glory right there. That's an opportunity to give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Moving on. Moving on. Right there. We're going to turn to Revelations. Revelation. This is going to be a, 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 a very good, interesting uh, word to take with you. Revelations, the second chapter. Reading from the New King James Version today. Revelations 2, reading at verse 8, right there at verse 8. All right, and it says, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last who was the dead and came to life. Who are we talking about? Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Who wrote this? Jesus. I know your works. Tribulation. We talked about trials. Mm -hmm. And poverty. Mm, glory to God. God is saying you're rich, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy, blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not. Ah, guess what he's saying? He says, guess what? I've seen your trials. I've seen your disheartedness. I've seen your words. I've seen you giving. I've seen you doing the work. But guess what? I also see those who say that they are mine and they are not. Mm -hmm. I want you to pay attention here. Who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogues of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Mm. Do you hear what Jesus said? Do not fear any of those things you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. But that you may be what? Tested. Oh, there it is again. Tested. What is a trial? It's a test. So that you may be tested. And you will have tribulations 10 days. Now I want to break down because this is something you need to know what 10 days is all about. See, 10 days in the Bible is the number 10 is used 242 times in the Bible. 10, the number 10 is also viewed as a complete and perfect number. I want you to understand something. As such, 10 signifies testimony, law, resp and responsibility, and the completeness of order. If you read in Genesis, the first chapter, we'll find the phrase of God. It says 10, it says 10, 10 times, which is a testimony of his creative power, right? You also find it where God gave the 10 commandments to man, 10, the number 10. Right. Ten, therefore, represents represents the responsibility to keep the commandments. You also find it where he says a, a, a tenth, a tithe. 
is a tenth of our earnings, as is a testimony of our faith in the Lord, right? The Passover lamb was selected on the 10th day of the first month in Exodus 12 and 3, as was Jesus the lamb that takes away their sins of the world, according to John 12 and 28. Uh, the, the day 10 of the seventh month is also of the holy day known as the day of atonement. This unique day of fasting pictures the removal of Satan and the, uh, the author of sin, who's the author of sin before the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, according to Revelations 20. Okay. And I want you to understand something. This is so powerful. If you keep on reading and it says there. Let's go back here in, in, in Revelations. It says, uh, you will have tribulations 10 days. What God showed me this, this is also the only passage where God has extended life. We're so used to that God has promised us 70 years, but he's also saying that there's a possibility that there's more life beyond 70 years. Because when he says here, according to Revelations 2 and 8, uh, uh, two, uh, Revelations 2, and if you keep on reading, it says, and you will have tribulations 10 days, be faithful until death, and I will give you a crown of life. Do you see that? Be faithful until death. And so what is, and I'm sure he didn't mean that he's only going to give us 10 days of life. I guess he was, he was saying Every year equals 10 years. And guess what? If you go 10 days, that could be 100 days of testing. That could be 100 days of trials. He said, yeah, but, but be faithful unto death. It may be worth it. What I got to go through 100 days? I mean, 100 years of, 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 of trials? I got to go through 100 years of testing? You mean I got to live that long and suffer like that? Absolutely. And he says, I'm going to give you. It's going to be well worth it. If you did 70 years, if you did 40 years, you did 10 years of it, it's going to be worth it. Come on, man of God. He has, he who has an ear, the Bible says, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And the second death is basically, you know, you die and then you go to sin. I'm sorry, you go to hell. We don't want that second death. All right, keep on moving. We're going to keep on moving. The way of the crown. The way of the crown. I want you to put in a subtitle here, through deeds or what you do. The way of the crown through deeds or what you do. Okay, let's turn to Matthew, the chapter seven. We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible from here, from here on. Matthew chapter 7, reading at verse 13. And it says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. Now, there's a reason why this is being said. When you think about it. Is it broad to go to the kingdom heaven, to get to the king, to the crown, the way of truth? No, it's very narrow. It's very specific. There's, there's no cutting corners. This is the way. 
And so a lot of times as life, we are cutting corners. We're finding ways to, 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 but you can't do that. You can't cut corners on Christ. There's only one way to the crown. There's only one way to the life, to life. And that is through Jesus Christ. There is no other. Anybody coming any other way is a robber and a thief and a liar. And that represents the devil. And if we, if our lives represent a thief and a liar, then guess what? We represent the devil. We don't represent Christ. We got to come through the narrow way. And only you know what that narrow way is. According to what's in your life, if you look in your life and you examine your life, does your life example or resembles the things of God? Okay. And then it says, how narrow is the gate and how and difficult the road that leads to life and few that find it. Remember the suffering Jesus said that you was going to go through? Oh yeah, it's worth it. That's the way to the crown. God is creating and birthing something in you, but I guarantee you, man of God, woman of God, it's going to be worth it. The suffering, the little, the little suffering of this life is none to be compared to the glory of God that shall be revealed in you. Let's keep on reading. In Matthew, go to chapter 13. We're just about done. The last one for us. Chapter 13. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field. Did y'all get that? Chapter 13, verse 44. I'm sorry. Verse 44. Let's go back. Chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then his joy, he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field. This is Jesus telling us, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Oh, it's going to be so worth it. You're going you, you to hide. You, it's so good. It's so worth it. You're going to hide your possession so you can keep it to yourself. So you can buy it all. You invest everything you got into it because it's going to be worth it. Now, listen, this is based on faith. If you say you believe, like I believe, because I believe this. I preach because I believe it. I'm going down this road. You can do this too. But I'm going to tell you, man of God, Jesus said with his own lips, it's worth it. It's worth it. This is the way of the crown. I love you. For those who want to rededicate their lives, we're going to pray right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, you can repeat after me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Please uh, renew me by your spirit, by the transforming of my mind. I present my body holy and acceptable to you, God, which is my reasonable service. I thank you now for entering in my life. Give me a new purpose. Give me a new destination for your glory and your will that you may get the glory out of my life in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. The way of the crown, you guys. I hope you received it. Part two. God bless you. This is the House of Refuge. We love you guys. All right. It can be worth it.
Life is hard, uh, it could be worse Life is hard, I thank God it could be worse uh. Man, it's a trip, but hey, it could be worse. Say it again for them in the back so they know for sure it could be worse. And life is hard, I thank God, it could be worse. Life is hard, I thank God, it could be worse. Way, 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 worse. Praise the Lord, everyone. I just want to thank God for all of you who are tuning into the House of Refuge. I, I think this song uh, just really signifies what this word is all about. Today, if you just want to um, write down the title, it's called The Way to the Crown. The Way to the Crown. Um, Annie Minio wrote that song saying it could be worse. You know, our lives could be worse. There's so many different things that could have transpired that made things worse. But I just want to tell you of a truth today that God has a way that's better. It's an expected end. It's a blessed end for those who believe. And so today we're just going to get right into the word. It's the way to the crown. I want you to write that down. It's the way to the crown. It's not the world's way. It's not the way we want to do it, but it's God's way. It is the best way. It is the right way. And if you're going down the road to truth and you walk it in light, this is the best way for your life. And so let's get right into it. It's called the way to the crown. In today's society and, and culture, we're taught to value oneself. We, we are taught to value who we are and who are we, we're becoming and what we have, what we have accomplished to, uh, in life uh, with our friends and with our family members and things that we're trying to attain in life. Needless to say, many of the things we value in our society are deceptive and they flagrantly sometimes eliminate the things of God from our lives. And many of us have these feelings because we're taught and we're culturalized that this is the better way. But I'm going to tell you the truth, saints. This is not the best way. It sounds like the best way. It seems right. But I'm going to tell you to the believer who's walking in truth, the Bible says he will reveal the truth. He says he, you may know the truth and the truth will set you free. And other passages, the truth will make you free. So we got to walk in the light to obtain the things of the light. If we walk in darkness, we're not going to obtain the things of the light. We cannot expect a, a goodness or righteousness to come out of what is wrong. We have to walk the right way. So as if we could be missing out on something in life. This is how the world presents it to us. Like, hey, you got to do this. This is what's in. This is what's right. And we feel sometimes significant or insignificant, I should say, um, in the things of this world because we're not progressing like the world. We're not looked as uh, as being um, better or having more or like the Joneses. Let's just put it, let's keep it real. Let's, we want to be like the Joneses because the Joneses have this and the Joneses have that. And that's what makes them better. That's what makes them uh, 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 established in society in the light of this world. So we feel like we're missing something as if we if we don't do what they're asking us to do or what we feel we should be doing, that we're going to be missing out on something. But because of this aim of self-gratification, people of God, we can feel the sense 
a, a sense of, uh, 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 of accomplishment. We feel a sense of that I made it or that I've accomplished my goals when we begin to do those things. However, many of us, many of our goals in life that we seek um, sometimes exclude spirituality, okay? We exclude God from being in our life. And because it's exclude, it's not allowing God to be take full precedence over our life. And we do this to ourselves because we are not feeling fulfilled inside. There's a lot of things we want and we want to feel fulfilled. We want to have that sense of accomplishment. We want to have that sense of that we're, we're obtaining things in life. So we aim and pursue things in life regretfully. Now, when I say we pursue things in life regretfully, it's because we're believers. And when you walk in darkness, there's regret. When you walk in the light, there is no regret. You feel good about your decisions. But see, when we feel this regret, then comes depression. Then comes anger. Then comes frustration. And then it repeats itself over and over and over again. And then you just have this endless regret. See, this is not what God called. He says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And anything opposite, opposite of that is not true. It's not light. And so we are being bamboozled. Or we're being confused. Which is the way to the crown? What way is to the crown? Well, that's what we're here to talk about. Some of our goals that we, we pursue are, are never given to God, right? We don't put our goals and the things we want to do in God's hands so he, that he may lead us into his purposes and what that he has pre prepared and designed for our life. We put, we put our purposes and our goals in the things of this world. We invest in the things of this world. We don't invest with things that are eternal. We don't invest in things that are uh, lasting, and so that's where we go wrong. But it's so easy as a believer to be confounded, to be confused with this, this disbelief because it's not true. And if you say you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So then we wander through life aimlessly. And through aimless pursuits, we become angry at God, right? And you're mad at people. You become mad and angry at people because why they're doing better than I'm doing. Why? They have more than I have. And then you get upset with yourself and then you beat yourself up. And then you're upset about like, I should have did this and I should have did that. And, you know, you have all this regret and you have all this frustration. But that is not God's way, man of God. That is not God's way, a woman of God. And why we do this? Because we did it our way instead of doing God's way. That's the answer. We did it our way instead of doing it God's way. So many of us find ourselves in this story. And I'm just going to present to you a story that many of us fall into. Or maybe if you don't fall into this, maybe you may see yourself in this story. So I'm going to give you a story. You are in the woods. Okay? You are in the woods. It's dark. And you are anxious. Probably you may be lost. Trying not to panic, you suddenly feel the soft forest floor give way to a hard surface. You feel asphalt. You look to the left. You see darkness. You look to the right and a large orb of light 
dangles over the horizon. Suddenly, the one single light that you see turns into two lights. You stand there transfixed on this light and even paralyzed. You realize you are a deer and about to be ran over by a car in the middle of the road. Then you wake up in a cold sweat. You realize you're not a deer. You are a Christian who seems to always be in the middle of the road of life, in the open, about to, buy, about to be hit by a car, instead of driving the car to get to your destination. And that's the story I want to leave with you today. I want you to see yourself. Sometimes you feel like your life is about to run you over. You're standing in the middle of the road and you're about to be hit. It's always, oh my God, what's happening? What's, it's out of control. And you don't seem like you're getting to your destination. You don't seem like you, you're living a purposeful life. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes you need those type of trials. Now, that may sound confusing and that may sound like uh, kind of crazy, but you're going to need those type of trials because it gives God way. It gives God an opportunity to show who he really is and show up in your life. And it stirs up your faith to become better Christians than what you started off being. Now, I can back this up. So what, what are we going to do? We're going to turn to James, the first chapter. Ch turn to James, the first chapter. We're reading from the Christian Standard uh, uh, Bible. And it's going to read at verse 2. It says this, consider it a great joy. Now, first of all, I want you to know this may sound a little crazy for those who don't believe. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So the thing I want you to catch, there's key points. I want you to catch test. I want you to catch endurance. In other applications of the Bible, it says patience. But if you break down patience, you get endurance. Okay? If you break down test, you will get trial. If you look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's called a critical examination, an evaluation, or a trial. That's what a test is. Now, one good thing about a test, it doesn't last long. You get through the test and you move on, but it is an evaluation of who you are or what you know and the knowledge that you have obtained thus far. This far. However, we're not supposed to stay there. So we're supposed to pass the test and move on. Now, let's keep on reading. It says, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. What the heck is he talking about? What is the man of God saying? So that you be maybe mature? Mature in what? The things of this world or the things of God? See, God is creating in you something great. And he's trying to make something complete in you, not something that's half done, watered down, wayward, 
lukewarm, offsides. He's trying to create something great in you that is new. It is beneficial to the kingdom. It supports who you are and what you believe and where you're going. But if you don't allow this to happen, you're not going to receive your full reward. You're not going to receive your full benefit from allowing this to happen. What? The test. Yes, as believers, we will be tested. There will be trials ahead. And in those trials, there's going to be conditions that's going to affect us. And it's going to either prove or disprove who we are. So that's why you have to go through it. Why? Because your faith is being tested. Your faith, what you very, what you believe in is being tested. What? That I believe in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, has me. I have nothing to worry about. He is my father in heaven and he's going to take care of me. I don't trust in the things of this world. I don't trust in myself. I trust in him. Now, that's the way to the crown. Because God wants us to trust in him, not ourselves. The way to the crown is believing in him. So the endurance is important. Because the Bible speaks in King James that it's patience. If you break down patience, it's endurance. Endurance, what? The ability to withstand adversity. If you look in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's going to say the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. So that's what patience is? Is that what endurance is? Oh, absolutely. Meaning that's what you have to have. And who told you supposed to have that? God, the word. The word of God told us that we're supposed to have patience. We're supposed to have endurance. Why? Because when it has completed its work, we're more, we're more mature. We are complete and we're lacking nothing. There's something inside you, man of God. There's something inside you, woman of God, that God is trying to get out of you and create in you. So let me explain a little bit more. Let's go to the book of, 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 of James chapter one, reading at verse 12, just go down just a little bit more. Okay. Reading at verse 12, it says, blessed is the one who endures trials. Mm. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So the test is to see, do I love him? Is the trial to see if I believe in him, that I love him? And he's going to give me a crown of life? So what is the opposite of that if I don't trust him? Do I get a crown of death? Do I get a crown of sin? Do I get a crown of condemnation? I mean, what, what, where do we fall if we're not doing what we say we believe in? See, God has a crown of life for you. And enduring the trial, you prove that you love him and that you say what you say and you believe what you believe. So let's go on. It says, no one undergoing a trial to say I am being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil. Okay, so he's not tempted by evil. There's no reason for him to tempt evil. 
He's creating sons and daughters. That's what he's doing. And he says, if you read on, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. He doesn't tempt you. So your trial is not a temptation. Your trial is a trial. It is a test. There's no temptation involved. But if you read on, it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. So, so we don't want to get that confused. Trial and temptation is not the same thing. Temptation is something that you're drawn away to. It's because you got something inside you that you want and it doesn't please God. You're enticed by something that you want. It is not tied up in the things of God. It's not wrapped up in the things of God. And so we got we cannot be living this lie and this confusion. So I'm here to wake you up. This is the way to the crown. If you keep on reading, it says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, you conceive this desire, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So I guess that is a crown of death. I guess there is a crown of sin because the opposite of, of that is crown of life. And so if we're not working towards a crown of sin and a crown of death, we should be working as believers for a crown of life. And, and working towards a, a crown of life is not doing it our way. We're going through the test to prove that God is God, that we believe what we say we believe and that we love him. And it proves to him that we are his servants and we are his sons and his daughters. And God says in his word, he will take care of his own. And that's why we have to believe. We can't look at the circumstance and say, God is not here. We have to look at the circumstance and know that God is God and he is here and he's going to prevail over the circumstance, over the situation. All right. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. So moving on, he says, don't be deceived. Woo. I told you, God, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights who does not change like the sh shifting shadows. Okay, so I don't want y'all to get distracted. You can get focused on the shifting shadows and how, how shadows are, are, are changing all the time. I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on this part right here. For what I'm trying to teach you guys is this part right here is that every good and perfect gift is from above. Now, why would he put that there after he just talked about a trial? He put it there because the trial is a gift. The trial is a way to your overcoming and to, to you being victorious because God is going to show up when you believe in him. He's going to show you that he is real and that he's alive, not that he's dead, but that he's alive and he's very present in your circumstance. And so how do we look at that? The Bible says, by his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we could be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, of his creation. He's making us just like him. 
And the Bible tells me when you endure the trial, you're going to be not just like him, but you're going to have a crown of life. Now, let's move on. I want you to turn to Matthew, the, the fifth chapter. We're going to get through this word really quickly. We are almost done. If you look at Matthew, the fifth chapter, reading at verse 10, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I'm going to say it again. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So sometimes trials can come as a persecution. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. He said, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great and is in heaven. So there's that crazy thing again. It's like, wait a minute. This is where the world say these people, these Christians are not, they crazy. I mean, what are they actually believing in? We're not believing in the things of the world. We're believing in the things of God. That's what we're believing in. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there it is. You want to know what you're working towards? You're working towards your a blessing. You're working towards heaven. And the Bible says, he, he says, blessed are you. And blessed is to be happy. You're going to be happy. Now, like, why would you be happy when people persecute you? Why would you be happy when they falsely insult you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me? Why would, they, why would you be happy because of that? Because your reward is in heaven. It's great in heaven. Not only that, check this out. Not only that, it's because he's going to show up for you. God is going to be there for you. You'll get a chance to witness God's power. Come on now. All right, let's move on. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31. We're just going to turn over one chapter. He says, so don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we, will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all those things. And your heavenly father knows that you need, need them. But then this is the whopper right here. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. See, the problem is we're seeking everything else. We're seeking outside the kingdom. If we want to fall into the kingdom, we want to receive the blessings of the kingdom, you have to be in God's will. You have to be do kingdom things in order to receive kingdom blessings. Okay? He says, the Father knows that you need them. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not just Let's see God because I believe in God. He wants you to be righteous when you do it. You'll be following the things of his word, the truth. So he says, then you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about tomorrow after tomorrow. You don't have to worry about the next year because guess what? He's going to show up for you. He gets an opportunity because you believe in him to show up and show his power and demonstrate his power to his 
to the believer, to the saint, the Christian, to the sister, the brother. All right. Last but not least, let's go to the last chapter. I want to turn this to you. I want you to, I want you to get this one. This is Psalms, the 23rd chapter. Everyone should know this by now. Psalms 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lay down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no, no danger. For you are with me. Mm -hmm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. If you look at all those scriptures we just went over, it's saying the exact same thing in Psalms 23. Because Christ is your shepherd. A sheep cannot shepherd itself. A sheep has to be shepherded by a shepherd. When we fall into the wrong hands of the shepherd, following to the lies of the devil, he's a shepherd as well. We can get caught up in the wrong pasture. We can be set up to be eaten or taken over by wolves. Put everything, everything you invest into the things of God and watch our God show up for you. Let's pray. This is the way to the crown. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We ask you, God, to lead us to, to the truth. Lead us to the light that we may have abundant life in you. We submit ourselves. We resist the world. We resist our flesh. We resist the temptations and the dainties of this world. And we accept you, Jesus Christ. We call all these things done in Jesus Christ's name. You at the house of refuge. Life is hard, uh, it could be worse Life is hard, I thank God it could be worse uh. Way, 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 way worse